0: Episode 91, Breaking the Cycle of Procrastination, Part 1. You're listening to the very best podcast in the world on health, wealth, and happiness. Please remember to leave a review and share with all your friends and family. And here is your host, Lars Hilson. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, embrace those of you who have successfully used the weekend to embrace your imperfection, uh, dear listeners uh, worldwide. I think the U.S. is soon gonna uh, outweigh everyone with uh, subscribers and listeners. So uh, you know, if you're from another nation, make sure to subscribe uh, and you know, kind of even out the more podcast-savvy nations. Welcome to the 91st episode of the very best podcast in the world on the 1st of February of the year 2021, is it? You kind of lose track, right? Uh, You know, after being locked in and and locked down and, you know, all the locks. But whatever. Um, So to start out February, uh, I thought it would be a good idea to look at one of the things, which is kind of like a byproduct of the rona, and uh, that's procrastination. Because a lot of us are in home office and um, don't really, you know, you kind of, you kind of become slouchy, right? When you when you have a conference call, you don't necessarily bother putting on normal pants you know you either stay in your boxer shorts or briefs or whatever and just put on a shirt and tie you know because uh, um, from your uh, belly button downwards the webcam doesn't really show you know in the best case you know and and, uh, you just kind of sit there and move along and you know with the hairdressers closed in a lot of countries and you know uh, the gym's closed. You you kind of become slouchy, you know, and that's okay, <laughs> you know, because uh, at the end of the day, you know, where's the peer pressure coming from, right? Uh, and if you don't necessarily get in touch with your peers, then yeah, you know, don't bother. Um, but procrastination goes much further, right? Uh, you know, it's, I mentioned the morale, and the morale essentially, if that is down starts to bite at your, um, what's the word, um, at your, you know, at being eager of getting shit done and whatever, because a lot of victims of this crisis are starting to doubt pretty much everything, you know, including the integrity of, of their, uh, workplace and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, I read an interesting statistic that anywhere between 70 and 80% of children are, uh, mentally uh, and psychologically um, in a significant way from being locked in and locked down you know not being able to socialize and you know for us grown-ups it's a bit of a different story um, but you know still there's significant um, damage to the psyche by this thing and uh, procrastination in any case is one of them so Uh, What we're going to look at today is uh, the cycle of procrastination because there is such a thing and we're going to find ways to break free of that and then to start from the beginning more motivated to get shit done. I think that's the best way to put it in a few words. So this is going to be a three-part series uh, this Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, so today we're going to be talking about why is there procrastination? <laughs> kind of like, is it a thing? Yeah, it is. Um, and, uh, tomorrow, uh, we're going to look at solutions and results on, you know, number one solutions, how can we, uh, you know, attack, and then what are the results, um, of attacking the Procrastination beast, kind of thing. So, without further ado, uh, let's get started, right? So, number one, uh, the number one reason basically for uh, procrastination is the lack of authoritative pressure, right? And, you know, this is not your boss necessarily breathing down your neck. You know, it doesn't have to be that literal, but for me, for instance, You know, as someone who always, pretty much always does things last second, I'm not even talking last minute, you know, it started in school. uh, I did my homework on the bus in the morning because I had more important things to do at night. (laughs) So it's like shoving this mountain of work in front of you always, but that's what keeps me going. Right. And that for me is less literally an authoritative pressure. You know, I need to get things done. I know that uh but i will do them at the last second and i've become so good at it you know that i've been or i've become this uh globally sought after experts when it comes to uh, cyber security incidents because you know there's a pile of shit that you have to get rid of and you need specialists who are able to work in situations and under a pressure like that you know because you've got multiple stakeholders uh, that are holding a gun to your head because you're charging obscene amounts of money to get the problem out of the way uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, every every minute the production facility or whatever stands still, uh, you know, that's really money that they're willing to throw at you for solving the problem in that after you solve the problem, the production faci- the production facility or whatever it is at the end of the day is working again. So I'm used to working under severe amounts of pressure from multiple stakeholders and keeping my shit together. That's a more literal form of authoritative pressure, right? Whatever it is, at the end of the day, um, the lack thereof would essentially make anything you do unnecessary. Let me take, you know, let me just give a more um, plastic example, right? Uh, we heat with wood predominantly, um, because, uh, you know, we do have a central heating system, but the heat or the warmth that that produces, it's, is, uh, you know, less comfortable, less, it's uh, moist or whatever, you know, it, it feels less comfortable. And so, you know, more often than not, twice a day, uh, you have to walk out to the shed to get wood for the fireplace. So that it gets warm <laughs> or that it stays warm. You know, and you have the fallback, but still, you know, it's like um you do it even though it's shitty weather outside. Uh you do walk to the shed, you do get wood, and uh, you know, sometimes you'll wait until the rain is over, you know, just to stack up on supplies. You know, don't have to get wet while getting wood. Uh, you know, it's um this interesting pressure that can come from all sides. Now I've never been, although I would have expected myself to be in the situation that I felt that it was too cumbersome to get wood, you know, because the reward of having comfortable warmth versus, you know, putting the heater on and having less comfortable warmth is, um, you know, enough pressure, authoritative pressure for me, you know, to kind of, um, uh, move on, um, and go outside and get the wood, you know, and, uh, that's more, even less, uh authoritative force you know there's actually no one breathing down your neck except your own you standing in your own way of getting that done so um you know maybe the result here uh well no, let's not get in front of ourselves i'm going to discuss that tomorrow right so the next thing uh, number 2 is that um the task in itself is not interesting enough and this Uh, is so true for me and if you reflect on yourself you're going to figure out that that's a major part of yourself as well you know if you have to do stupid shit um you're not going to do it you know unless there's of course you know something pressuring you Uh, but unless that's the case uh that's you know very difficult to do uninteresting tasks that you know, perhaps have become uninteresting because you've done them a billion times over and, you know, you just can't be bothered to get them done. You know, and for me, that is motivating myself by stimulating my brain while doing shitty tasks. You know, I mentioned the oven. Obviously, you have to, you know, cut the wood and, and um, um, yeah, you have to take it apart and you have to put it in the shed and you have to let it dry for a year or two depending on, you know, how moist your summers are, but anyhow, if I'm doing shit like that or mowing the lawn or, you know, cleaning the kitchen after cooking or whatever it is, you know, it's very important to find a motivator for yourself. And for me, that's, you know, stimulating my brain learning, um, you know, regardless of how arbitrary the information is that I'm going to take in, uh, it's about learning, right? It's about stimulating my brain, thinking about shit. Um, and getting that into my head while doing mundane stuff. And that works great as a motivator to kind of disguise the fact that what I'm doing is not interesting at all. You know, in fact, it's boring. And the same can be true for work, because due to the fact that the task is lame and more likely than not, Uh, you've done it, you know, you don't really need to focus because you're, um, you're not going to be prone to mistakes anymore because you've done it a billion times. So, you know, listening to a podcast or watching a YouTube video on the side is totally excusable. So long as this helps to get yourself into the position where you're going to do the task distracted by something else. I think that's the point. I'm trying to make there the opposite is the case for number three, when the task is too complicated, uh, people will shy away from it, um, based on experience and research and this, uh, stuff that I've taken as reference. Um, but can a task be too complicated? Now I am, you know, what used to be called a hacker. So it's like, give me a problem. And I'll solve it, you know, so for me, the task is never really too complicated to shy away from it. Um, More the opposite is the case, as I just mentioned, you know, it's not interesting enough, it's not challenging enough. And there are those people who say, that's too complicated, I'm just gonna not bother. You know, and that's also true. But um, if that's the case, if that's your case, um, take the task apart right? Uh, Deconstruct it. Take the time to deconstruct the task into smaller ones because complexity, you know, if it is uh, too complicated, it essentially is too complex. But if you decomplexitize it, (laughs) I don't know if there's such a word, you know, and put it into into smaller tasks, that might be a way out of your situation, right? So um, I don't know. Let's think about uh, you're building a house right? You know, just to take something insanely complex. Um, And, you you know, you just take the thing apart, you know, brick by brick and beam by beam and whatever not. And then you're going to end up with a huge number of small tasks. And striking them off your to do list is actually very rewarding. So, you know, instead of having this big task build house you know, with a, with an unchecked box behind it, and it's going to take you a year or two, or you don't even get started or you stop halfway or whatever it is. You know, if you put it up and saying, okay, first of all, I'm going to have to do a foundation. And for the foundation, I'm going to have to order, uh, you know, concrete and, and, uh, um, reinforcements and whatever. Um, you know, and these small tasks, ticking all of them off is very satisfying to a lot of people and very rewarding. So, if the task at hand seems too complicated for yourself, and that's why you're procrastinating it away, try that. You know, deconstruct it, uh, deconstruct the huge task in complexity, um, make it less complex by taking it apart into smaller tasks, and then try and you know take things from there. That's really helped a lot of people that I've worked with. The task. As for number, what are we at? Number four. Um, the task has low use. So, yeah, <laughs> there's tons of stuff that you do that can be interpreted as low use. And a very important thing in procrastination is the interpretation of a, of a task at hand. Right? So let's get back to the to the fireplace, right? It's, it, it is low use. Uh, period, because I could, you know, I might as well turn the dial on on the heater, um, you know, and then it's warm and comfy too, but, you know, less comfy, it just, you know, takes the edge off, right? Still, however, you know, I have tricked myself into believing that um, it is high use because, you know, number one, we're saving money because we own the forest that we get the trees from, um, you know, and don't have to pay the gas that we don't own, you know, that we have to buy. Um, so there's the economic aspect. Um, you know, if you look closely, everything, every task at hand has a use and a fairly high use, you know, to, for you to take advantage of. So, uh, you know, that might've been a stupid example. You know, it's like, um, I love to cook and, More often than not, I'll spend two, sometimes three, depending on the complexity of what I'm cooking, four hours in the kitchen, prepping everything, and getting the meal together. Uh, And I do this almost on a daily basis. What's the use, right? Um, Well, you know, practically nothing. You know, I might as well go out, grab a pizza, pop it in the oven, be done with, you know, having seemingly healthy food at a seemingly reasonable price, which will satisfy my basic need of not being hungry anymore, right? But, number one, you know, cooking is, for me, very meditative. Uh, I know that a lot of you don't have the time, but, you know, and and still, you know, I do it. I don't necessarily have the time. I buy myself the time, Um, you know, take it off my day elsewhere. So, you know, number one, it's healthier, period, you know, I know the ingredients that go into the food quite well. Um, I know that there are ze- uh, not zero to none, but, you know, there's a very minute chance that there is stuff in there that I oppose of in being in food that I don't want in my body. Right? And it just fucking tastes better. You know, get over it. Uh, if you you know, put in the herbs and spices that you want to, right. Instead of getting a finished meal that somebody else has interpreted and maybe over salted or, you know, put too much pepper in it, or, you know, there's a spice in it that kind of take, that's up to you. You know, <laughs> if you're the cook, it's fucking up to you. Cooking in a high quality fashion is for a lot of people has become for a lot of people, a luxury, you know, not many people do it anymore. um, but it's worth it and uh, getting back to the issue yeah technically uh, you know if you look at it from that perspective the use is rather low spending that much time and energy into cooking Um, but uh, yeah it's worth it you know you can address you can attach a certain amount of value to it if you are you know um, we're coming back to the awareness thing you know, if you make yourself aware of all the things attached to that task, um, you know, things become really, really, really interesting and a very new perspective. The last one, but not least one that I figured out, well, the reason for procrastination is that the task at hand has low appreciation and That kind of implies that you need outside appreciation to get something done. While if you really believe in the task that you're doing, you don't need anybody's appreciation but your own, right? It's your own satisfaction. Sorry. It's your own satisfaction that should be, you know, paramount, you know, Hey, fuck, I got the task done, you know, and whatever suits your fancy, you know, you know, whatever it is, take a fucking to-do list on a sheet of paper, write down the tasks you want to do, and then tick them off. Once you got that done, there are a lot of people who need that to motivate themselves. And that's okay. You know, like I said, whatever suits your fancy, if it's your phone that you have all of your reminders in or whatever it is, uh, you know, again, Regardless of what it is, as long as it helps getting you out of this cycle of procrastination, nobody fucking cares. You know, don't let yourself be ridiculed that you do the task list thing um, because if it helps you, you know, who is to look down upon you because you need a list to motivate you, right? Uh, that's not, that's nobody's fucking business except for yours, right? And I think that's, uh, where we're going to close today, because uh, like I said, tomorrow, um, we're going to go into solutions. And on Wednesday, we're going to go into the results of what these solutions have produced in that sense. If you know a procrastinator, <laughs> the people who put the pro in procrastination, um, send them the link to this podcast, because uh, to, you know, while today we've analyzed nothing but um, why there is procrastination, we're going to get into the solution and the results aspect. So, you know, anybody who you know who might need a little bit of motivation of getting out of this cycle of procrastination, send them a link to this episode. Uh, they're going to love you for it later on. <laughs> Trust me. You know, while at first you're like, boom, you're lazy, you're a procrastinator really reflected people will actually later on say, oh, yeah, you were right, you know, and good that you gave me this advice. And then it's everything's going to go north from there. Uh, if you haven't, and particularly since we're doing a series, uh, do subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you prefer. We are on pretty much all of them. Um, so if you go to uh, dub, 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 the very, the very best podcast in the world.com. Uh, you'll see all of the available platforms that we're on. If we're missing your favorite platform, please email the very best podcast in the world at gmail.com. Also email that address. If you have feedback, criticism or whatever it is at the end of the day, and then we'll take care of it. <laughs> also, if you you know want to share some love, send an email, uh, There's a lot of people doing it, um, but uh, every email of encouragement is highly appreciated. In that sense, I'm going to see you tomorrow uh, when we're going to look at solutions to getting you out of the cycle of procrastination or anyone else, you know, a friend, maybe asking for a friend. Um, And yeah, wish you a successful day. If you've had your successful day, have a good night and we'll be back tomorrow with part two of breaking the cycle of procrastination. Peace out.